Welcome to Goop Tales, episode 23, Inkfinga versus Medusa in Ancient Greece. I'm Maria Calanchini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. And in today's episode, Inkfinga, who is a little goop who has very dirty fingers, and he never wants to clean them. Well, he ends up in ancient Greece, facing down Medusa, who is an ancient Greek character that has snakes coming from her head. Who will win in this showdown? You're going to have to listen to the story to find out. So listen to the story, and then at the end, I'm going to tell you how you can see all the photos that go with this story and see the time machine that Inkfinga uses to travel to ancient Greece and see a photo of Inkfinga and Medusa. So I will see you on the other side. Inkfinga, a cherubic child, was never rough or rude or wild. Forbidden sweets he would not touch, though he might want them very much. But, oh, imagination fails when I describe his finger nails. Chapter 1 Once upon a time, there was a little goop boy called Inkfinga. He was full of wonder and mischief and was well-loved by all of the other goops. Inkfinga always wanted to know how things worked, so he took them apart and put them back together again, just to see the insides. Anything he could get his hands on, Inkfinga would disassemble and then rebuild. Watches, computers, and phones were his favorites, and he loved to tinker with anything mechanical. His grandfather had taught him how to take things apart and fix them. Inkfinga had recently developed a certain obsession with an old typewriter that lived in his front hall closet. The typewriter had belonged to his grandfather, who used to write on it every day. It had been discarded years ago and sat at the back of the closet gathering dust. Inkfinga liked to sneak into the closet with a flashlight and play with the typewriter. Every time he touched it, he could feel an exciting little chill run down his spine. One day, he decided to take the typewriter apart and discover how it worked. He had just begun to unscrew the bottom when he heard his mother call out, Dinner time! Never one to be late for dinner, Inkfinga quickly shoved the typewriter to the back of the closet and ran off to dinner. His fingers were full of black ink, but he didn't wash his hands, as he just couldn't be bothered. He got black ink everywhere, and his mother wasn't very happy about it. After dinner, she made him clean up the messy fingerprints he had left, and then she sent him straight to bed without dessert. She chided him, saying, If you would have just washed your hands, you wouldn't have to spend all this time cleaning things up. Inkfinga knew his mother was right, 
but it didn't mean he was going to wash his hands the next time. He lay in bed thinking about the typewriter. He knew there was something very special about it, and he was determined to find out what it was. The following evening, when Inkfinga snuck into the closet to continue taking apart the typewriter, he was shocked to find that it was put back together and there was a blank piece of paper sticking out of it. To the side of the typewriter lay two crumpled balls of paper. Inkfinga was mystified. He knew he had left the typewriter in several pieces, and he also knew that no one else had visited the closet. He picked up one of the crumpled balls and unfolded it. He saw a smeared message that had been typed out. It said, My Birthday. Inkfinga held the note and thought to himself, My birthday? What does that mean? Whose birthday? His thoughts were immediately interrupted by his mother calling him for dinner. Inkfinga, dinner time. Don't be late, she called. Inkfinga could smell the meatballs his mother had made. He looked down at his fingers, which were covered in smeared ink, and then he zoomed off to dinner without washing his hands. Once again, Inkfinga got black ink all over everything he touched. After dinner, his mother made him clean up his fingerprints as she scolded him again. Inkfinga, I don't know why you just don't clean your hands before dinner. It would be so much easier for you, and you wouldn't have to spend your time cleaning up your fingerprints after dinner. Your grandfather would not have been very impressed with this behavior. You know it is his birthday tomorrow, said his mother. His birthday's tomorrow? asked Inkfinga. Why, yes, it is. October 29th. And now it is time for you to go to bed. Inkfinga went off to bed, but he could barely sleep. He was desperate to get down to the typewriter and type in his grandfather's birth date. He waited until everyone had gone to bed and the house was silent. Then he crept down the stairs and into the closet. The typewriter was sitting exactly where he had left it with a fresh sheet of paper inside. Inkfinga lifted his finger and tapped out O C T O B E R two nine one keystroke at a time. As he hit the final key on the number nine, he could feel himself being sucked into a black tunnel that was illuminated by tiny white lights. He spun around as he moved through the tunnel. Lights came and went, and then everything went dark. Chapter 2 Inkfinga could see time flying by as he spun around. He could see figures and numbers and gears going round and round. He felt as if he had shrunken down and was inside one of the many watches he had taken apart, and time was moving very quickly around him. 
It was impossible to tell how long he was inside the passage of time before he landed inside a very unfamiliar room. Inkfinga could feel his feet hit a marble floor and everything stopped moving. As he looked around, he saw that he was in a vaulted room made of gears. He was in a time machine. He looked down to check his watch, and it was gone. Inkfinga noticed his fingers, and they were black and full of typewriter ink. He began to rub away at his fingers, but the ink didn't budge. Then he heard a voice. It's father time. You won't need your watch for now. You will want this one instead. Kairos will guide you. When your fingers are no longer black, your watch will reappear and you can go back home. Inkfinga looked down at his hands again and there was a small, shiny, gold pocket watch named Kairos hanging from his fingers. Father Time, where am I? And how do I get rid of this ink on my fingers? asked Inkfinga. You're in ancient Greece. The ink will disappear when the time is right. Go now, replied the watch. Inkfinga closed his eyes and shook himself. He jumped up and down. He tried to jump right back into his hall closet. But when he opened his eyes, it was sunset and he was outside amongst Greek ruins. He looked down at his fingers. They were still black. He reached out to touch one of the large stone towers in front of him, and he left a giant black smudge on it. He quickly tried to wipe it away, but it only made things worse, and the mark got bigger. Stop it, said the small voice. Inkfinga felt the gold watch in his pocket and took it out. How am I ever going to get rid of this ink on my fingers? He said as he stared down at Kairos. Well, you've come for a reason. I'm here to guide you, but you must figure out the rest, replied Kairos. Inkfinga looked down and saw that he was standing on a mosaic tile floor. It was full of patterns and intricate designs formed by tiny tiles. He knelt down and began to trace the tiles with his fingers. One of the tiles came loose, so Inkfinga pulled it from the mosaic, and then he began to pull up one tile after another. Soon, he had a pile of loose tiles, and the mosaic design had disappeared. Please put the tiles back together, Inkfinga, said Kairos. Okay, you're right, said Inkfinga, as he quickly shoved the tiles back into the floor. He didn't do it very well, and he misplaced several pieces. The design was different than when he had started, but Inkfinga hardly noticed as he was already wandering away from the ruins. He walked along and pulled Kairos from his pocket, getting black ink everywhere. Oh, Kairos, my fingers aren't getting better. 
they seem to be getting dirtier, he cried out. Well, perhaps it's because you hastily shoved those tiles back in the floor instead of taking just a little bit longer to place them correctly, said Kairos. Inkfinga thought about this for a minute, and then he said to Kairos, Okay, I got it. I understand. Excellent. Then the rest of this journey should be a breeze, and I'm sure we won't encounter Medusa, replied Kairos as they walked on. Who's Medusa? asked Inkfinga. Well, she lives here in ancient Greece, and she's a monster with a head full of snakes. And if she looks upon you, you'll turn to stone. She can only come after you if she knows you're here, answered Kairos. Well, how could she possibly know I'm here? This place is huge, and I haven't left any clues, replied Inkfinga. As soon as he said this out loud, Inkfinga thought about the tiles he had hastily shoved together and the black smudges he had left on the ruins, and a wave of panic came over him. Chapter 3 Medusa was wandering through the ruins, admiring her handiwork. There were several pillars she had turned to stone. Previously, they had been animals or trees that she stared down and turned to rock. Medusa was miserable, and she liked to make others miserable. It didn't take much work on her part. Her head was full of twisting, turning snakes, and she knew she only had to gaze upon a creature and she could turn it to stone. As she walked along, she noticed a black smudge on one of the pillars, and then she tripped over a tiny loose tile. Medusa looked down at the ground below her and noticed that the pattern in the tiles had changed. She bent down and examined the tiles and discovered they were quite loose and had been shoved back into the ground quickly and sloppily. <laughs> she cackled. There is someone new here. Someone for me to turn into stone. <laughs> then she cackled again so loudly that it rang throughout the ruins and carried into the nearby fields where Inkfinga was walking along with Kairos. Inkfinga's heart stopped as he stood still to listen to the cackling. Kairos, did you hear that? It's Medusa, whispered Inkfinga. I did. She's on to you. You can't make one wrong move or she'll find you, he whispered back. Inkfinga looked down at his black fingers and began to think, What can I do to get rid of my inky fingers? I'll never get out of here if I can't get them cleaned up. Well, you could start with me. I would like to go back to my body said a nearby voice. Inkfinga looked around and saw the head of a statue lying on the ground. 
not too far away, he saw the body that belonged to the head. And Finga quickly got to work doing what he did best. He put the statue back together and he did it with great care, making sure every piece was in place and that it was well balanced. The statue turned out to be General Pericles, and he looked magnificent. Once Pericles was fully assembled, he told Inkfinga where to find a tiny gold bottle full of water hidden in the rubble. He told him that water would wash the black ink from his fingers. Inkfinga didn't waste a moment in finding the bottle and washing his hands. As he did so, the black ink began to disappear. Then he looked around at the ruins and at all the other fallen statues. I can't stop now, he thought to himself. I have to do this right and finish cleaning up the mess that is in front of me. Inkfinga then set about putting together statue after statue that had fallen apart. He cleaned up the ruins. He put together four statues that held up a nearby temple. He made sure that every single piece was exactly where it should be. Inkfinga worked all day long, restoring the statues and the ruins. Pericles smiled down at him from his newly restored position. At the end of the day, Inkfinga reached into his pocket and pulled out Kairos. Kairos shone brilliantly, and all the black had completely disappeared from Inkfinga's fingertips. You've done it, Inkfinga! Just look at how beautiful this place is! And look at your pristine fingers! Father Time will be so proud! You took the time to do it right and left no mess behind, said Kairos. Inkfinga beamed. He had done it right. Just as he was about to head out of the ruins, he heard the spine-tingling cackle of Medusa ring out. (laughs) Chapter 4 Inkfinga jumped behind a nearby pillar and stared up at the hills towards the cackling laugh. (laughs) Off in the distance, he could see the silhouette of Medusa with snakes swinging wildly from her head. Reaching in his pocket, Inkfinga rubbed Kairos and took him out. Kairos, what am I to do? he asked. Before Kairos could answer, Pericles said, You must turn her into stone first. Then he told Inkfinga that hidden deep beneath the ruins was a carving of Medusa. She had it buried long ago because she knew that if she looked at it, she would turn to stone. Off in the distance, Medusa could be heard cackling. She was getting closer by the minute. Where? Where is this carving? asked Inkfinga. I have a set of numbers that reveal the hiding spot, but that is all I can give you, said Pericles. I can do the rest. Just tell us the numbers, chimed in Kairos. So Pericles called out, One, 
zero, two, nine, ten, twenty, nine. Kairos took the numbers and spun his gears ferociously. When he finally stopped spinning, he smiled up at Imfinga and said, Listen to me, I will guide you. So Inkfinga did as Kairos directed. He took 20 steps to the north, two to the east, nine to the west, then one to the south, then another nine to the east, and finally two more to the north. Stop, said Kairos. We are here. You're standing above the wall with the stone carving of Medusa. Now you must carefully clear all the rubble that hides her, but don't look at her. Take your time and do it well. Although he could feel his fear growing, Inkfinga was very deliberate and thoughtful as he removed the rubble piece by piece. He paid special attention to never look directly at the carving. All the while Medusa could be heard coming closer and closer. She called out, I'm coming for you, little one. I know you're here. Finally, the wall with the carving was completely uncovered. Quick, get behind the wall and then call to Medusa, said Kairos. Don't be afraid. Just trust that you've learned your lesson and done well. Inkfinga looked down at his clean hands, and this time he saw that he had his watch back. Kairos was gone. He was on his own now, and he knew it. He hopped behind the wall and called out, I'm over here, but you will never catch me, Medusa. Medusa whipped herself around and sped in the direction of Inkfinga's voice. Oh, I will catch you. She screamed as she came closer and closer. She plowed through the ruins with thought of nothing else but turning Inkfinga into stone. She moved so quickly that she didn't pay attention to anything, but the sound of his voice calling out, Over here, Medusa! And then, without warning, she came face to face with her own likeness carved into the wall. She wanted to scream out in rage and shout, How dare you! I will make you pay for this! But she couldn't. She had turned to stone. Crouching behind the wall, Inkfinga knew what had happened. He decided to not even take a peek for fear he may turn into stone himself. He looked down at his little watch and twisted the dial. The gears began to move, and once again, Inkfinga moved through a dark circle full of tiny lights, spinning all the while. He closed his eyes until the spinning stopped. When he opened them, he was back in the front hall closet with Grandfather's typewriter in front of him. There was a note in the typewriter that said, You're brilliant, Inkfinga. Always do everything. 100% and you will keep your hands clean. I love you, Grandpa. 1029. Inkfinga smiled as he remembered his grandfather 
and thought about the numbers that Kairos had used to find the hidden Medusa. Then he heard his mother call out, Dinner time! Inkfinga took the note from the typewriter, folded it carefully, and put it in his pocket. Then he washed his hands and went to dinner. After dinner, he snuck back into the closet and typed out a little note for one of his favorite goop friends, Sassy Lass. He was inviting her to dinner so he could tell her of his time travel adventures to ancient Greece. But that invitation would have to wait. Sassy Lass was at the bottom of a Romanian salt mine, where she landed after being far too sassy. But that is a tale for another time. So that was it for this week's episode of Goop Tales. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I would love it and be so, so, so grateful if you would go to iTunes or Stitcher and leave me a review for Goop Tales. You just have to go to iTunes and search for Goop Tales by Maria Calancini. And if you could leave a review, I would really appreciate it because those reviews are what keep me going and allow me to keep on producing Goop Tales every week. So now I invite you to come on over to gooptales.com forward slash episode 23. That's a two, three. And you can see all of the photos that go with this story. You'll be able to see Medusa and the time machine and Inkfinga and so much more. So come on over and on that same page, you will be able to download the first half of this story, and then I invite you to ignite your imagination and write the second half and submit it for publication at gooptales.com. So once again, that's gooptales.com forward slash episode 23. That's a two, three. So that's it for this week. And... I will see you next week when Sassy Lass goes into Romanian salt mines. And in between now and then, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for Goop Tales. So I will see you there. And remember to make every day a Goop Day. 